Hey girlies, welcome to Crisis Twink, the podcast where we ring the alarm about cultural emergencies. Whether it's a flop album, an insane headline, a forgotten classic, or even a problematic fave, we're going to revive it and make sure it gets the medical assistance it so desperately needs. My name is Drew Haskins, and I'm the only twink who can save a culture in crisis. It is the 10th episode of Crisis Twink today, which is truly incredible, truly very special. And as such, I have a very special guest joining me today. He is an advocate for Streets for All and Bike Culver City, fighting for safe streets and transportation equity, and a member of the Committee on Housing and Homelessness in Culver City, California. It's Bubba Fish. Hi, Bubba. Hey, Drew. Thanks for how having you, me. How are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Um, yeah, the weather is amazing. I have my window open. Um, I feel great. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing pretty well. Um, I'm excited to make it 10 episodes of this podcast <laughs> like, without skipping a week. And uh, it's truly been so much fun to do this. And I'm so glad that we have a very fun episode planned for today. You are nothing if not consistent and diligent. Uh, that's what we like about you. Well, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I will say in my previous podcast, it took us six months to get to 10 episodes more or less and <laughs> i guess you had a very interesting run-in with my former co-host, oh your co-host yeah recently. your previous your previous podcast your smize queen co-host um well i didn't actually have a run-in with him i was touring a house with uh my husband and we were uh not at all able to afford the house we were touring and we were doing one of those fun things where you're like Ooh, wouldn't this be fun? Like, give me a glass of champagne while I walk around this castle. Um, it was a <laughs> it was a condo, and it was really swanky and immaculately decorated. Um, and you know, we were getting grilled about the house and everything. And I and at one point, I looked down, and I had I realized I had a cat Kong T shirt on, and I was like, "There's no way I'm being taken seriously right now." Can you, um, what is cat kong <laughs> like it's like a, it's like one of those graphic tees or like king kong oh, of like oh, a, oh, a cat it. is king kong yeah so we had like in like chubbies like i looked like a child which i normally do but um anyways uh looking like a child touring this very nice condo that I, there is no way we could ever afford um and then like my husband aaron like points at a plaque on the <laughs> points at a plaque on the desk and I don't even see what he's pointing at. And then like later, he's like, hey, did you, did you see that plaque? That was, uh, can I say? No, that was, well, well, that, well, that, no. <laughs> <laughs> Beep. Uh, yeah. that was Drew's ex-boyfriend's uh, dad's last name or, or Drew's ex-boyfriend's last name. And I was like, they can't be the same. They are the same. Yes, <laughs> In many instances, they are. Yes. Yeah. And it's not like a, it's not like a super common last name. So um, yeah. I like randomly Instagram messaged him and was like, by the way, like, do you, does anyone in your family have a, he was like, that's my dad's condo. And I was like, I mean, oh, interesting. Truly, truly insane. Like it is a beautiful condo. I have yeah. spent many, many a, a day and night over there. Um, we love it. We, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. I'm still like reeling from that. Like when you told me that a few weeks ago, like I truly just could not believe it. Like it is, 
But I think it's time for our first segment. So we're gonna play Absolutely. go. We're gonna play go called the governor. So I am going to present you with three cultural scenarios from recent and or ancient history. And you're going to decide whether or not the governor needs to be called. All right. There are no <laughs> wrong answers, but your choice is binary. So let's play. I'm ready. As someone who voted for Gavin Newsom and has been lukewarm, um, I'm ready. I have this. This up. is your audition for the role. It's, yeah. you, it's you versus Caitlyn Jenner. So let's yeah. hope you do better than her. All right. <laughs> so we'll start off with an easy one. Miss Piggy will be a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race All Star Six. Does the governor need to be called? Now, do you only call the governor in bad situations? Right? Like this is bad. You're crazily enough in this 10 my, episodes, no one has ever asked that question. I, I want to call the governor to like to have him issue like a congratulatory or or to give RuPaul's drag race the keys to the city or the mm -hmm. keys to the state. Sorry, mayor's giving you the keys. <laughs> because Miss Piggy's iconic and and like I, I'm a huge fan of the Muppets. Like I would take my I took my family to see the Muppet movie when it came out. Like and we all just like went ballistic uh, watching it. And then we told Aaron's, we told my husband's family like, oh, you guys would love this. Like, it's a fun movie to see together. They went and like, they hated it. Mm -hmm. And Miss Piggy's just uh, incredible. No one's a bigger diva. No one shines more than her. Absolute call the governor to issue a, a, a key to the state. state. Yeah. RuPaul's Drag Race for that. So here is my counterpoint to you. She's a <laughs> puppet. <laughs> <laughs> what say you to that? Who cannot it, technically see things? If if RuPaul's Drag Race were a compet a competition with integrity, I would say, you know what, you're right. If they held up their, uh, you know, if they held up a ten tens tens across the board, um, and they actually scored and they did things like that, no, it's it's this one lady's decision, lady. Wow. RuPaul. <laughs> It is wow. I sound forty-five year old, forty-five years old. Uh -huh. It's one guy, one <laughs> drag queen's decision, and there's no one. There, it's it's a, it's a, it's rigged, and purposefully so. We all love it, and it's fun. But I think Miss Piggy would be a great judge, um, and Jim Henson would be proud. I agree. I mean, I I remember ten years ago, just about Miss Piggy she judged an episode of Project Runway where the challenge I believe was to actually design a dress for Miss Piggy herself and it was it was so it wasn't like a pig or how am I going to phrase this a pig-sized dress let's say like it was a real tall like a human woman dress right that I guess was going to be scaled down to fit Miss Piggy because I guess like designing a challenge for her or designing a gown for her is not that much of a challenge if it's her size, you know, because that's just like a napkin and a tablecloth. Like, like you talking about her, like uh, if it's her size, like as if she's not a puppet. I do. Well, we must respect a woman's size. We must. It's polite. Of course. And the whole thing about the Muppets is they always pop up in places where you're where, you're, where the reaction is, you're not supposed to be here. You're a Muppet. And so I feel like this is perfect for that. Have you seen that clip of Kermit going on the Masked Singer and he like pops out of the snail? 
No. I need to send you that. Like, it's one of those videos that every time it comes across my feed or timeline, I have to watch it because it makes me laugh just as much every time as it did the first time. Like, it's just pure joy. Incredible. I love Kermit. I do. I can do too. Can you do your best Kermit for the audience? It's not easy being green. Oh, wait, that was a really good Kermit. <laughs> I don't know what I expected. Oh my God. I was like, you do yours up. now. It's not easy being green. <laughs> was that good? No, I don't think that. I, we'll, we'll work on it. We'll work on it. That was like a, like a gonzo with a head cold, basically. All right, let's move on to the next scenario. <laughs> Alex Rodriguez has a line of makeup for men. Does the governor need to be called? Um, oh my God. I feel like I see this on Instagram like three times a day. Like, mm-hmm. hey guys, I got the power stick. Or it's like, I got army paint. Or like they try to make it into like, they try to make it into something macho right. to make you feel better about using it. Uh, when really it should just be like, hi, I'm Dave. Like, do you ever feel like you wake up with bags under your eyes? Like me too, use makeup. It's makeup. And it's not for men. It's not for men. It's just, it's makeup. Like try it. And it's, it's very odd to me to, uh, to get bombarded with ads that are just like, like, you know, when you're in your F-150, like going off a mountain and you (laughs) impress, impress your broad, like, Put this on your face. You just <laughs> yeah, you need, it. you need a, a mascara that's wind resistant. Yeah. No, I I don't leave the house most days without at least like a dab or two of concealer, like yeah. for unsightly blemishes and that yeah. sort of thing. What do you think about? I mean, I think like makeup for men is definitely something that should be encouraged and definitely like de like machoized in a way. Right. What do you think about Alex Rodriguez doing it though? Because he's not someone I associate with. Um, beauty is an industry he's a good looking (laughs) dude but like you know like beauty is an industry i'm gonna say for him uh that the governor doesn't need to be called i don't need to add more stigma to men dabbling in makeup and you know i bet there are a lot of guys that will look at him and be like okay i can do this now that alex rodriguez did it oh you know i'm sure that will help them get over their fears (laughs) and uh and i'm gonna let him make his coin um and spend it however he does. You know, I'm not a ba- I'm not a basketball fan, so you know, Lord knows where he what he's doing. Well, he's not a basketball he's, I know he's player. Baseball. I was joking. I was joking. <laughs> okay, I didn't. That was a joke. I know a I little would, bit. I don't know. I don't know what people <laughs> like. The guests on these podcasts come from you know all stars and stripes. Like I don't know who uh, who's watching what and, and where. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll refrain from calling governor on him. Well, that's that's very tolerant of you. Yeah. I think I think I agree. Um, and I, if he introduces like foundation to a generation of Yankees fans, I think that'll probably be a net good for society. Yeah. Um, and your skin right. looks great. Oh yeah, his skin. Well, I mean, he dated oh, your skin. Well, thank you. I don't everyone, have a stitch on today. So. Everyone on everyone on the pod should know Drew is glowing right now, radiant. Well, I um. Or you I have do, that filter on. Either you either have that. Oh, I could have keep, that filter on. I don't not, know. But you look. But either way, you're glowing. I try to. I try to take care of my skin. I mean, 
it's we live in in Los Angeles where the air quality is so awful and it's so dry and irritant filled on a daily basis that you kind of just have to you know do stuff to protect yourself true plus and for me when, that's spending $60 a month on Paula's choice products and the ordinary <laughs> products yeah but plus you're seven months pregnant and that's just I just it's deal. my natural glow my boy my boy brow glow <laughs> all right let's move on to the third scenario Kira Knightley wore Chanel every day of quarantine. Does the governor need to be called? Did she participate? No, she she did not participate in the uh, the John Lennon song uh, at the beginning of quarantine, right? Oh God, no! Because I, I mean, she's too cool for that. Instantly, that's how I felt when I heard that um, she wore Chanel for every day of quarantine. Um, do rich people need to be called? Uh, do do rich people need to uh, do we need to call the government on rich people for just being rich for doing rich things? Um, yeah, I think I think call the governor um, and eminent domain her house and all her uh, wealth and distribute it equally amongst Californians. You and get a Chanel. You get a Chanel. <laughs> everybody get a Chanel. <laughs> I so if what did what did you wear every day of quarantine? If you had to pick one brand. Um, I would say Levi pants and, you know, like I wore a t-shirt, like a killer acid t-shirt, like a gap t-shirt, like very, very basic, very basic stuff. Um, high yeah, quality I mean, basic. High quality, it, it'll last. Yeah. And I got really into Depop, the thrifting app. And I would say to Kira Knightley, like try thrifting. I would be I would love to like see Kira Knightley's Depop like as someone who does um (laughs) occasionally splurge on a luxury brands like I would definitely drop like $250 on like one of Kira's like hand-me-down absolutely whatever Megan the Stallion's Depop is like the most incredible thing you've ever seen oh yeah it's it's like a a, it's like walking into us like a hundreds store but like everything's by somebody or worn by somebody that like you love it's like oh, I want every single thing here. Um, Depop is so fascinating to me too, because it really has, like, I mean, you've been a Depop king for so long, and I only just recently got into the platform, but it's so interesting how these sellers curate their feed almost like Instagram. Like, all of these clothes have, like, a pretty definite aesthetic current run through them like absolutely it's not just like like if I tried to put stuff up for sale it'd just be like a bunch of random pieces and I feel like no one would want to get anything yeah the best shops have like some kind of theme I did get scammed on Depop hardcore though somebody like was like oh pay me uh, pay me on Venmo and a lot of them ask you to do that and I really wanted this thing and so I was like sure screw it I'll pay you on Venmo and then he I I followed up with him every single day and then he was like Oh, uh, I'm not paying you uh, R word clown. And I was like, oh my God. R word clown. R word clown. Oh my God. Uh, I, that I is like old like, school trolling. Yeah. Oh yeah, my gosh. I feel like I was back in third grade. It's crazy. Kira Knightley. Kira, it was Kira Knightley. <laughs> <laughs> We're canceling her on this pod for, for absolutely dragging your ass in, in DMs. Oh my God. 
I mean, honestly, a little bit good. I do understand like the impulse to want to be tied to the outside world. I think wearing Chanel as a way to anchor yourself in like a non-COVID reality is a little too extravagant and out of touch possibly yes. for what is going on in the current climate. But like, I sort of get like the need to want to feel nice. Absolutely. I bought hundreds, not hundreds. I bought dozens of plants. My apartment is like drowning in, in plants now because mm -hmm. they like make me feel calm. Like things are under control um, when they're not. And then candles, I became like a candle fiend. So yeah, maybe I'm judging this person for just being extremely wealthy when somebody could look at my extravagance and be like, wow, you really need all those plants? No, I don't. I'm, I'm not well. So please be quiet. <laughs> We're defunding you, know? you if you're playing. And we're defunding <laughs> Kira Knightley of her, uh, her extensive yeah. Chanel collection. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we are back. Let's move on to this episode's cultural emergency. What are you rushing to the ER today? I am rushing to the ER with low blood pressure um, and heart palpitations because hope that didn't get too real because <laughs> um you know we this have a lot of incredible queer artists right now that we know kind of the roots we know the madonnas we know the george michaels were we're familiar where we celebrate them i feel like in the u.s you know we we don't give enough credence to annie lennox um for you know for what we have today for like the troy savans and the mnek's and like even the Robins that we have now, she's incredible. And I feel like, you know, it's pride. It's time to celebrate our roots. And I want to go back to celebrate this woman who will never hear this, but she could, you don't know that she could, she is a Scottish icon and she came up, she had some incredible music videos that were before her time. I mean, it was 1992 ish, I think is when her her like heyday was yeah they're like the soul so let's let's take it back to the 90s then I guess yes. like how did you get into Annie Lennox to begin with this is someone who when I was a child and my dad had a pretty good taste in music I would say like for like a for an 80s frat boy like that was his vibe he's a Texas 80s frat boy mm -hmm. um very straight a bit conservative um but he would listen to, uh, you know, like he had a lot of artists that I still love today. U2, Phil Collins, and like um, he became obsessed with Bruce Springsteen, but he was like also, he liked some poppier stuff. Um, and like I found of all, of all of his music, there weren't like, he liked Janis Joplin and like some, you know, female rockers, but like to find the cover of diva which is annie lennox's like i think first solo yeah. album where she is dressed as a literal showgirl slash drag queen on the cover with like feathers and everything like that was kind of shocking to see that like in my dad's in my dad's collection was like this literal drag queen because she was like 38 when this came out she looked yeah like, just about yeah like she was not she was not being like, I'm like sex symbol Annie Lennox. She was being like, 
I am a drag queen. Um, and like to see it, that album, like, and I didn't know that, that was queer or anything. Obviously I was like, what is this? Um, it's just, just off the beaten path at that point. Yeah, like, it was just it, like weird. And then listening to like Walking on Broken Glass uh, and he, and like those synthy beats and like the, the 808s that he would like listen to definitely inform my music now. But going back and, and listening to that song and seeing like the music video too mm-hmm. at the time, she... It was like a John Waters movie. Like it was the queerest thing you've ever seen. Like it's John Malkovich coming in. Uh, it, it's it's a cinematic marvel. It's yeah. John Malkovich like walking into the room. She's clearly like not over him, and she and Hugh Grant is trying to like be her lover, and she's like stammering throughout the the place, like throwing an absolute temper fit, mm-hmm. and. It is the most bizarre. It, it looks like a drag race skit. You know, they do those like skit nights or like the skit nights. Where they or at least like, the, chal- the skit challenges. Yeah, the skit yeah. challenges. It's literally that is so queer and fun. And she's, it's just wild. And it's really well done. She's like a, a great actress too. So um, just seeing that was like, oh my God. Um, yeah. It's I, like qu- queer culture kind of like getting at you before you even know what it is no i i had a really similar first exposure to that video to watching a i guess it was probably like vh1's like i love the 90s something like that like one of those like compilation shows that they used to run ad infinitum back in the day and they showed that video in a countdown i must have been like nine or ten when i first saw it and i was completely blown away by how like cinematic it looked like I don't know yeah. like I mean like this was back in the day where like it was a lot of like really high budget futuristic pop videos and rap yes. videos that had that very like Y2K aesthetic and like looking at something that looked so much like a period drama with yeah. this woman who had this crazy voice like yeah. and, it was and it was like really oh yeah like yeah. I it, it was really um really mind-bending for sure like yeah it was it, it made it like looking back on it it they also put like a fun filter on it that looks like sorry to go back to this again but it looks like the first season of drag race oh like, yeah like the vaseline like on the very vaseline look to it but it was yeah it was a period piece like fully formed and just com- a complete sketch like but like emotional and like made you feel her pain the other thing was like the other video the why video also hit that for me where she's like and Troy Savan is like literally did this for the Bloom video he mm-hmm. he it was literally the why video was the lookbook for the Bloom video but she she's like getting ready as a drag queen or as mm-hmm. a showgirl I might be I might be disparaging I she might not like being called a drag queen I don't know she looks like a drag I queen I don't think she'd mind it honestly like that's good. <laughs> she presents so, or she, I mean, she always has, but like she presented back in those days so androgynously, like what she does is very, I mean, it's definitely like queering traditional femininity through like, I mean, she she already presents so like, like masculinely, like totally. I don't think we had like this sort of tradition, the like non-binary terms to the extent and vocabulary to the extent that we do now and I feel like 
if not in her self-identification, in her presentation, for sure, it was almost very non-binary. Yeah, totally. At that point, we had, like, Sinead O'Connor. And like, yeah, oh, yeah, Sin- Sinead. Oh, sorry, Sinead. <laughs> no, it looks so yeah. weird. Like, I didn't know how to say it until I think I was, like, 16 or 17, honestly. <laughs> They were definitely very of a piece at that time, though, because, like, I also, on a similar, like, kind of feminine presentation level, I remember watching the video for Nothing Compares to You. Yeah. And just seeing her, like, in close-up with just the bald head and the single tear running down her face and thinking, like, who is this? This person is the coolest person I think I've ever seen, like... And Annie Lennox really hit that, like, that same kind of button for me, too. Yeah, definitely. They, they, well, she's, Sinead is Irish, right? And yeah, and she's, so it's like, they, 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 they hit some, they hit some similar uh, uh, notes. Um, And I, I'd still remember, like, kind of asking my dad, like, what is this? And he was like, oh, yeah, like, Annie Lennox, she's super cool, like, like love these two jams or whatever like <laughs> very uh yeah he was just like a big fan of hers and um and it was just uh like her that music definitely opened my eyes to like more dancey synthy kind of mm-hmm. stuff that I love today um and yeah she's just like a just just looking looking at her was just like uh contradicted a lot of societal norms and stuff that you just you know, she was an instant eye candy, I guess. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's interesting to me that the gateway for you was her 90s solo music, actually, because I think I my dad also got me into Annie Lennox, but through her, like, 80s work with, like, the Eurythmics, you know, that song, like, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This. And, yeah, yeah. Um, Here Comes the Rain Again. Those two songs have always been two of my, like, all-time favorite songs period and also similar similarly introduced this like kind of new wave synth pop to my lexicon in a way that I just hadn't seen before really heard before really it's crazy that she like looking back on her charts like she was not a like even those two her mega hits as a solo person like they did not they were not like chart toppers in the U.S. Mm -mm. like they didn't like go gangbusters so Hence why, you know, culture, culture emergency dredging them back up. I feel like time no, to I, appreciate. <laughs> because the children do not appreciate her Yeah, in the same way that they do other 80s and 90s icons. Like, obviously, Madonna has a ton of staying power. Right. Like, Janet, I mean, Janet Jackson and Annie Lennox are not doing, like, the same thing really at all. But, like, I mean, if we're talking, like, icons from the 80s and 90s, I don't think people think of Annie Lennox immediately. I don't either. And I think we are currently awash in great queer artists. Like, mm-hmm. we have so many. Um, not enough. Never enough, I should say. But, like, we have so many good Like, it's hard to remember a time when, like, that just wasn't... Um, you know that that just wasn't the case and that was like in our lifetime where we're like we, there were not just like openly a ton of openly queer artists no I mean in, music yeah. in the 80s and 90s especially it was like unheard of I mean George yeah. Michael was what at the same time Annie Lennox was really popping off I mean he was arguably the biggest male pop star on the planet and just this like obviously such a 
gay guy like so obviously yeah. gay but like so closeted because like it just was not acceptable back then yeah but he's well, basically he's- a tom of finland drawing like come, come <laughs> to life and, yeah. like you i think in a similar way to annie like you look back on a lot of his imagery and the way he presented himself and it was just so um so like explicitly queer and not not gender bendery to the extent that Annie Lennox does it but like it's so hyper masculine and so like sexual for lack of a better word like yeah it's it's crazy he got away with it yeah very he's very village people yeah it 100 (laughs) percent um there's also boy George doing like more of the like explicitly queer looks yeah. and stuff that you know um but yes yeah, i mean did he was he like publicly out i, I think, think he so. was like coy about it yeah. i actually don't i don't know let me um <laughs> hold on the, it's for the first time culture or crisis twink sorry culture because my letter crisis twink <laughs> is researching on the airwaves whether or not <laughs> boy george was gay it's critical to know Um, oh he said in 1985 he was bisexual and that he preferred a quote nice cup of tea to sex apologies for my neighbor's dog who is like really barking right now if you can hear that on the pod you know who else was like out by at his like peak fame was david bowie too i mean there is sort of like a precedent for at least like bisexuality and like public presentation like that that or you had to keep the door open to i to appeal to everybody i don't know maybe i mean that's not by erasure i'm just saying maybe that's maybe that was a consideration too no definitely definitely a consideration for sure and i mean like people like i i boy george to an extent too but like george michael was really popular during the thick of the aids epidemic as well so like i mean there was just this societal incentive to not be out basically just because it was I mean the whole concept of like homosexuality especially for men at that time was just so stigmatized in general but it's nice to see like I mean so Annie Lennox I guess is sampled a fair bit in certain circles like I I mean that song no more I love yous is a pretty popular sample yeah. like Nicki Minaj has done it like Haley Steinfeld just released basically a cover version like at the beginning of quarantine last year that is a knockoff almost in every sense of the word oh really <laughs> yeah I think it's also called no more I love yous I think I, I think I know what song you're talking about she I didn't know she was still cranking I remember Haley Steinfeld's uh I love myself song which somebody had to let me know was about masturbation mm-hmm. really uh which i was like no it's not and then looking at the lyrics i'm like oh wait that's oh it, it, is. it is not explicitly <laughs> no it is explicit but i feel like it, this the way the song like happens or the way that the way the song is presented is like everybody can sing along to this like this is so fun and clean and, <laughs> and it just isn't the lyrics are no i i think that's like the mark of a good pop song like yeah it's so universally catchy and singable like that could be a disney trailer oh yeah absolutely if it was not about like what does she say in 
I think she referred to it herself as quote unquote radical self-love, which is right. the best euphemism for masturbation I've ever <laughs> heard in my life. Um, but to like mask like such like sort of subliminal messaging almost in something so catchy, I think is like the best thing about pop music and like what it's actually capable of doing. Absolutely. And Annie Lennox did that too. I mean, she was like packaging like, I like a lot of like weird themes and. Yeah, just like walking on broken glass. Walking on broken glass is a perfect example. Just like that, that's a visceral, terrifying kind of thought that people are singing to. It's almost like masochistic in a way. Like you're like willingly putting yourself through the pain of like, abject humiliation yeah as it compares to love and I don't know it's it's a really like kind of twisted thing to put into like a radio hit pop song it is twisted and she's literally in the video like crawling on the floor like humiliating herself degrading herself in front of like John Malkovich and and it's like matched so perfectly Mm -hmm. yeah so how how do you think like Annie Lennox can be packaged to a new generation of <laughs> listeners? Like, let's say, I mean, not to be all like Gen Z on the podcast, but like, yeah. how could Gen Z get into and in, into Annie Lennox without listening to like a Haley Steinfeld song? Oh man, I'm gonna start a TikTok trend of uh, twerking to Annie Lennox. Um, no, I don't know. I don't. <laughs> you could. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd watch. I don't. Man, I leave that to the professionals. I feel like, I feel like she, she has a great voice for just like electronic music in general. And I feel like, so that, that will, that will have to come back around. Like sweet dreams will have to come back around. Just like you said, she's already been sampled. Like Mm -hmm. that needs to be, that needs to be another top 20 or top 40 hit. Uh, I don't exactly know exactly how she would like, you know, come back and, and rebrand for that, but I mean, she's sitting pretty she is such I mean she literally styled herself as a diva on her first album like I think she could play like a house music diva kind of role pretty easily like get like Disclosure should call her up for their next album and get her to do like a feature on something like get Duke Dumont to do something with her like that would be such a I think such a fun collaboration both of those would be yeah, MNEK or like Joel Corey or whatever that like mm-hmm. that would be very fun. Cause her last the last album she put out, I remember I think don't quote me on this. I'm pretty sure I actually wrote about it for my college newspaper at the time. Like, I mean, this was like seven or eight years ago at this point, but it was a covers album. It wasn't like original standards. Yeah. And she did or original songs it was all standards not original songs and she did like a lot of old blues songs and jazz songs on it which is a cool way to use her voice and definitely I mean she's like in her I think of her almost late 60s now um oh yeah I think she's even yeah I think she's uh born in the in the 50s right like or I think early 50s because like I don't think yeah. the Eurythmics got popular until she was like in her like 
late 20s early 30s if that um yeah age 66 yeah oh wow that that is great I, she looks yeah. so she looks great too yeah, she's like, amazing that's the thing about having that short hairstyle from like a young age like she just always like you're always gonna look the same like when your hair is that short um yeah but like I also I think, oh, no, oh, no sorry on. I was just gonna say I also had like the worst taste in music other than some of the stuff that like that I was exposed to early on like that kind of those kind of pop icons like that, like it eventually devolved into like, you know, alter alternative, like kind of that grunge, like grunge pop, like Nickelback, Three Doors Down. Like oh it, it became like, it really went into that direction for like an angsty teen outside of Houston. So to have like better stuff that I was exposed to early on that helped me like re-anchor myself later was just like oh thank goodness that happened and I, oh you know <laughs> I, I was able I to had, go back to my roots I had the exact same basically like parallel trajectory to that like yeah. I was like listening to all this like soft rock like I loved Maroon 5 like I, if you had asked me at age like 10 or 11 who my favorite band was I would have said Maroon 5 which in yeah. hindsight that is aged like milk though I will that for that first Maroon 5 album with like this love and um she will be loved like all those songs that's a pretty good album but like at the same time though my parents were exposing me to like talking heads and you two and the smiths and eurythmics and like that thread thankfully like ended up taking (laughs) over thank goodness taste too thank god too i mean like imagine if we were still listening to nickelback and whatever it is i learned someday somehow on the piano it's not a piano song. No, I learned that the, is I, not a piano I, song. <laughs> I think I was in the seventh, sixth grade, seventh grade. Oh dear God. Also, like three doors down, I listened to them. They played at the Trump inauguration. Like yeah. no one played at the Trump inauguration. No, they were they That's, were the one band that did. They were the one band that played oh. there. Um, I had a bur- I had a bar mitzvah. This is just this is just going in that direction now, just because mm-hmm. I think it's funny. But I had a bar mitzvah where the one there were set of tables you know all named after artists some of the tables were like you too the beatles the rolling stones you know because cla- it was like rock and roll themed right and then another set of tables were like nickelback and three doors down oh for the for the, for the kids all the legends all the all legends, the, all the legends together god yeah. to have the beatles and three doors down mentioned in the same <laughs> it is le- like some rolling stone editor just like keeled over and died yeah. <laughs> yeah. saying that oh my god that no that's so funny though like I mean thank god for people like Annie Lennox to like keep us grounded in our queerness like even when we didn't really realize it um to just come out and and grab gay boys by the shoulders and be like this is what you are (laughs) (laughs) they're the women that have uplifted us like that's right I I um because of her honestly I think I will always be I will always gravitate towards like a husky voiced female singer. Like one yeah. of the reasons I really like Dua Lipa is how deep Whoa. her singing voice. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very arresting compared to like the rest of pop radio right now. Absolutely. She's she's uh yeah, just the sound of her voice is very different. Like I remember when like electricity came out and, and it was just like uh and she was featured on that. And she was like, I think relatively new at that time. Yeah. And it, there was no sense of her like becoming a gay icon at that point, really. Like it was, she was not like, I, I think she had had a few 
she had had her first big hit um, in the videos, her and Palm Springs, uh, New Rules. Yeah, New Rules. Uh, and like, yeah, that was a pretty immediate like gay fandom. But like the fact that she's, ne- she's really never missed. She's never like seriously mm-hmm. missed is pretty incredible. Like um, you don't listen to any of her songs and go like, yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't, this shouldn't have been on the album or this shouldn't be <laughs> like, this is a bad song. They're all pretty amazing. Well, and at the end of the day, like, if you want to become a pop icon, you have to make good songs. And she definitely did that in spades. Like, I feel yeah. like a lot of these kind of new up and coming pop girls, like, um, I don't know, like Kim Petras or Slater, like they really like, and I mean, I, I think both of those those singers have really good songs, but they definitely sort of dress the part of a pop star and like project that image without necessarily 100% having the borderline unimpeachable discography you need to actually cement yourself as a legend. And like, I feel like future nostalgia is like all killer, no filler. And it all sounds like that. It all said like, yes, it is all killer, no filler. And it also is so thematically on point. Like, um, like physical literally sounds like a future like it sounds like what people in the 19th it sounds like retro futurism which is like mm-hmm. what people in the past envisioned the future to be that's what retro right. futurism is and like all of her songs have like both a futuristic element of like lasers or like some kind of like fun uh sound like science fiction like sound kind of thing yeah. yeah and they all and but they all sound like they're they also could like have been written in the in the 50s and 60s like it's it's amazing that she's able to do that. Hence the, I know that's literally the point of future nostalgia, but it just was executed flawlessly. It's hard to like no, Im- imagine. I, I 100% agree with that. And like, honestly, I think songs like Why and Walking on Broken Glass and like Love Song for a Vampire all have, not they're not quite as upbeat I mean walking on broken glass I think is obviously a pretty upbeat song but like that's that's very like forward thinking synth pop too like like some of that stuff sound and no more I loves use like it sounds like um to me almost like gothic and churchy in a way like it's very orchestral and yeah. Like Baroque retro futurism. <laughs> Baroque, Baroque retro yeah. futurism. Renaissance retro futurism. You know, it's totally, I, um, it really feels, cl- I love songs that like you can't place, you can only place in a time because of maybe like the way it was produced. But I love songs where just at face value, the song feels, uh, t- you know, timeless. Like it, it could, it could have, you know, I think I heard Megan Trainer say that that's what she wants uh, her songs to be, which like maybe she's <laughs> you know that's that's what she wants is not yeah. necessarily <laughs> something she's gonna have. You know? <laughs> um, no, I understand that impulse, but I think it really yeah. takes like a special someone to actually do that. Yeah, and definitely. Annie Lennox is definitely one of those special someone's. She is very special. Near and dear. I think it might be time for our final segment. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. Ready. All right. We're going to play Tear the Community Apart. Yes. So the rules are simple. Very simple. I have picked two songs 
and you are going to tell me which one is better. Okay. So the two songs we have picked for today, both came out in 2015. Both are from American, North American DJ collectives. To me, both of these songs are their respective artists creative peak more or less yeah and they have not been top since then and both are massive chart hits so which song is better lean on by major laser or roses by the chain smokers okay i love i (laughs) i love that this is why I, i shared my music (laughs) or my music my playlist with you roses by the chain smokers can you give me like a a hint of what that is because i'm forgetting oh no i don't know how to do that um oh no (laughs) okay we're gonna take a quick break and we will be right back (laughs) (laughs) all right we are back from crisis twink's first ever educational music (laughs) break um this is literally a landmark episode. I can, I'm so happy we're here. I figured this was going to happen eventually, and I'm glad that we, I have yeah. such a special guest. So which one's better, Roses or Lean On? I will always pick one of these artists 10 times out of 10. I do famously, uh, I am a chain smokers apologist. I think all of the hate that they get is um, a little bit uh, overblown in that like, yes, they're very popular. They're like, straight white douchebag looking guys i get it they attacked lady gaga they're an enemy of the community mm-hmm. i understand i get i get it but their music is pretty good um and however i will always go with major laser um i pretty much like all their i, I mean i they're just incredible dance hits like every single one i would say the the kicker for me is just like mo who i think you're supposed to pronounce like ma or mu? Yeah, it's me. Okay, I didn't know that until our Scandinavian friend Kevin Cleland told me, but say it again. Me. Okay. Mm-hmm. That song is uh that song's great. Um I a tremendous pop. Yeah, and I'm like looking at the YouTube, uh <laughs> I'm looking at the YouTube clip where they like autoplay some of it while you hover over it, and it's like very South Asian, and I'm like. What's yeah, this was, that was sort of the tail end of um, when people were doing that. We're doing that, <laughs> yes, yeah. Do you um, remember Iggy Azalea doing like a Hindu, uh, remember her bounce video where she was like in a full, I think a sari and just oh like no. doing a, it might have been actually taken down because it's like cultural appropriation to like the extreme. I genuinely don't remember that. Am I surprised? No. (laughs) I, from that time period, my big um, appropriation memory was like when Katy Perry dressed up as a geisha to do unconditionally at some award show. And that was a a blend, a blunder for sure. Oh man, that's rough. Yeah. With, so with Major Lazer, just going back to how incredible they are. I like, mm-hmm. I love Bubble Butt. That's kind of where I fell in love with with them. Are mm-hmm. you are you familiar with? I, I'm very. That was a very, that was a freshman year of college. Bop for yeah. Me, like the everybody. Video, I think the video was like Tim Heidecker or something like. Mm-hmm. One of those guys made it, and it was just like, and 
absolute smash um definitely that that video is it is very like tim and eric like adult swim yes aesthetic it's great just, song though like it is and a great video too honestly and run up with Nicki minaj has i think one of her best mm-hmm. raps ever um personally she yeah she really like on that like kind of beat she just always like sounds incredible I think that lean on is like very close to my favorite major laser song I think my actual favorite is probably keep it going louder from like oh god I think that's like probably 10 years old at this point it's from like one of their first mixtapes or albums and it has um Nina Sky on it like you know that song like move your body uh, I'm so hesitant to sing on this podcast, but like it's, <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. like a big hit from like 15 years ago, and that's that's my favorite. I actually wrote a paper. Um, yeah, I wrote a paper in college on Lean On for like an independent research study on. This was like right when Spotify was taking off, and I wrote about how like Spotify was like globalizing music consumption, but also like sounds in music as well as like different especially like in EDM like a lot of DJs were like sampling up yeah sampling from all over the place to like try to appeal to different markets and like lean on was such a big part of that and that's why I think part of why it became like such a global smash too I have no doubt I mean like the Jamaican roots that you hear in their in their like music is like yeah very ever-present and it's something it's like pretty unique I think the thing that they brought that like nobody knew, like that nobody knew, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that like white people did not know about was like dirty wine. Like when uh, Pond de Flor came out and they were like grinding up on each other, like doing, you know, like, like the I don't know if you saw that video, but like, like, yes. like people like colliding, like <laughs> asses yeah. colliding into people. Like, <laughs> I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. It, like I remember still seeing that and being like, what is this incredible dance that like I've never seen in my life? And I just feel like it was great exposure for like dumb white kids. <laughs> no, it, it def- definitely, as a fellow dumb white kid, it was very much like a learning experience for me too. Yeah. If you had to pick, Let's throw a bone to the Chainsmokers. If you had to pick your favorite Chainsmokers song, what would it be? Oh, I don't want to say not Paris because that one gets kind of old. Um, not Closer because I wanted to shoot that song oh, yeah. after. Awful, I, awful, that awful. took so many years off my life hearing that over and over again. Um, I mean, something just like this with Coldplay is like an actually very, very good song. Um, I might have to say that one. Um, oh, they the sick boy is lyrically pretty solid. That's from their like one of their more recent ones, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I um, think I know the one you're talking about. I I also like something just like this too. Like yeah. I I think a lot of their songs are pretty identical. Like it's almost like the soft rock of EDM. Like I yeah. kind of people call them the Nickelback of EDM. I as someone who used to love Nickelback, as we've discussed, <laughs> sadly, um, I think they're much better. I really do. I think I agree with that. Yeah. I think I agree with that. And, you know, that's a sad we, place to leave them. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think, like, it is. It is. What's like, I think, 
they once, deserve a little more credit than just like oh dumb vegas like uh straight boy like yeah hype music I, I mean i think they definitely like i mean they had a very very commercially impactful period from like 2016 to like almost 2018 like you can't yeah. really take that away from them that was a pretty and it that's led a to long time the, in pop history to like actually like make an impact absolutely and they uh they brought us one of the best gaga lines ever i'm gonna smoke them all um one by one like Mar marlboro's like damn uh perfect and it was a good good little uh feud there got some attention but it was also just like a good line i mean it's it's a great line and it's love her to death but it's tough to get her very energized about music these days so like <laughs> if that if they inspired that much passion in her and some fire maybe they should get in another fight so she uh actually tours <laughs> tours chromatica please 100 I, I feel like we need to get every artist to like feud with lady gaga to to get her to make turn her into like the new azalea banks basically yes <laughs> maybe like yes. we send in azalea i mean we we like said it azalea well they've definitely feuded before i'm pretty sure like back in 2013 they actually did, oh, they but, did? Like, it might be I, look I azalea banks is feuded with yeah. everyone she's feuded with the pope like i <laughs> i do think that sending azalea back in we might get something or we might get a collaboration too which would be like that would be incredible, incredible. What, what, but, where do you stand on her on azalea banks this might the be official, known to the subscribers, oof. but I need to. The official party line of Crisis Twink is that <laughs> as, when Azalea Banks is right, she, no human being has ever been more right. But when she is wrong, <laughs> she is catastrophically wrong. Um, yeah. And that's where we stand. I think she she is one of the funniest human beings alive. One of the great talents of our generation. And 212 is the best song of the past 10 years. But that's yeah, it. That's it. That's all. <laughs> I hear you on that. And I yeah. feel like her and T.I. breaking up there. I mean, they, they there's so much untapped potential there between the two of them. Um, Wait, are you talking about Iggy Azalea? No, no, Azalea Banks and oh, T.I. Like, oh, well, oh, well, oh. T.I. was producing Azalea Banks' stuff. No, it was... Uh, T.I. was producing yeah. Iggy Azalea's stuff. I'm pretty Wait. sure. Oh, Sorry, Azalea Banks went on a rant about T.I. About yes, that, that is correct. Basically about how he is basically, uh, I don't want to go into it, but really, really. Uh, she had some choice words. Him. She yes. had some choice words, sorry. And and uh, just the lack of like material that, they, you know, that the material they could have made together would have been amazing. But it would have been. <laughs> but I'm glad you called me out on my uh it, hey, we're not calling out on this no, podcast. We're calling it. It needs to be. It needs to be. The record needs to be reflected. We can't put anything out there that doesn't. It is um, stand up. It is really crazy to me that we have had two female rappers in the past ten years that both had Azalea as part of their name, <laughs> and they could not be more different. But yeah, um, I think it might be time for the episode to be over. Baba, no. do you want to plug anything, um, promote anything at that? This is going to be niche, but I'm organizing the Culver City Pride Ride. For anyone in LA, it's going to start right by the expo line in Culver City. And we're going to ride around on our scooters and our skateboards and our bikes and be gay and um, celebrate and pedal towards a brighter, more inclusive future. Um, so come on down to Culver City, June 27th. 
Um, it will start in the morning. I I want to go to that too. <laughs> yeah, um, it'll be fun. Yeah, that no that what a what a wonderful initiative. <laughs> like it's actually making the, no, and and it's making the world a better place. Unlike what I'm about to do, which is just plug my social media accounts. Um, you can find me on Twitter at fka pigs with a z on Instagram at Drew Haskins with a Z's and subscribe to culturepig.substack.com for weekly letters. And if you are listening to this on the day it comes out, it is my birthday today, June 9th. If you would like oh to Oh my leave... God, it's your birthday today? No, today's June. Wait. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. Oh, thank God. I thought I missed yeah, your I'm birthday. I'm doing this, this like trick thing. sometimes people do for the podcasting no, that's community. great i got i panicked that's great. oh no no, no. you have you still have um i still have tomorrow you have five hours to get me a gift so let's get on that after yeah. we log off here for sure but um if you the listener would like to give me a nice little birthday gift tomorrow or june 9th whenever you're hearing this please leave a review it really helps um boost audience boost scope like gets people access to higher tiers of content and such I believe I don't know that's literally just what anchor is telling me to say um and it would just mean a lot to me it's been a fun 10 episodes we've built a great listenership here and I'm so excited for tens of dozens of hundreds more episodes to come so all right Bubba thank you so much for being here thanks Drew this is awesome all right bye everyone